0: Hey guys, it's Mike here, and before we get started in this week's episode, I want to give a huge shout-out and thank you to the guest you are all about to hear from, Will Roosh. Will, as you will all learn, is a high school teacher located in Los Angeles, and he agreed to come onto my show to have a general discussion about film, as well as many other topics. The reason I am putting this intro here before the actual episode is because Will is one of the most unique guests I've had on my show as of yet. But it's probably not for the reason you would think, especially with this being a film-based podcast. A little background that you will all soon learn about, Will is also a podcast host of his own show, Still in the Radio, where he discusses controversial topics with a variety of guests, with the main goal to ultimately better the educational system, but also challenge the viewer's beliefs in a positive manner. What's unique about this conversation today is that it is not entirely related to film. Now, although throughout the episode we try to stick to the topic of film, I'm a huge advocate for free thinking and exposure to challenging beliefs. And that is the core idea why I love film and art so much, the innate ability for art and film to challenge a viewer's beliefs and value system. Now this episode is definitely a bit different from our normal content, but I've really enjoyed my discussion with Will, and I think you all should check out his show, still on the radio. And as always, the links are in the show notes below. But with that being said, let's get started with this episode of Amateur (music) All-Tours. And welcome to the show. I'm your host Mike and thank you for joining me for this episode of Amateur All Tours. You can follow us on Twitter at All Pod, email us with any questions, comments, or concerns at the Amateur All Tours Podcast at gmail.com it also mean a lot to both Brian and I if you could take a moment out of your busy day and leave a review or rating on whatever platform you listen to the show on. The feedback is much appreciated. So, this week, I'm extremely excited for this episode because I have yet another guest for you guys. It's another very interesting episode because my guest today isn't necessarily related with film, but he's a content creator. Nonetheless, I'm a fan of his work, and I'm, I think we're going to have a really interesting discussion overall. So... My guest today is Mr. Roosh, Will Roosh, and he is the founder and host of Cylinder Radio. And it's a fairly new podcast, but there is certainly a lot of interesting and uh, thought-provoking material. So I've I've been a fan since the show came out in January of 2019, and I'm extremely pleased and honored to have him on the show. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Will Roosh to the show. So thank you for coming on, Will. I I very much appreciate you getting back to me, and, and we can work this out.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm happy to be here, Mike. This is very cool for me. Uh, Like you said, I'm kind of new to this game as well. I've been a teacher for over a dozen years, but to go into the social media world and podcast world and stuff like that, this is all pretty new to me. So for you to ask me to come on this, I'm actually very excited.
0: Yeah, and I've actually been... I've been trying to like work up the courage to ask you to come on for a while now, but I was like, yeah, I'll just bide my time. Like I'll let some more like get him, get him used some more of the episodes. I'll try and interact with the page a little bit more. But I was like, you know what? I think now's the time. So, Will, you are the fifth guest to appear on on the show, but you are the first, I think, very unique guest because everyone else has been somewhat associated with films. I've had amateur filmmakers, like semi-professional filmmakers, fellow podcasters, and I thought you would you're a content creator, and I thought that you would really add an interesting perspective to podcasting, and and also an interesting perspective of film in general. So we're going to try and mess, typically what I do is a two-part episode. The first part is an interview, and the second part we talk about something film-related. We're a little pressed for time, so we're just going to kind of mess those together. But let's kind of first start with this little interview process. So like I was telling you off-air and in previous episodes, I'm always fascinated by stories and and i think that's why i'm attracted to the film i love pages like you know humans of new york humans of the world and just hearing these stories and so i and i and, and the the more personal the better so what I want to try and do with you is let's, let's try and figure out how we got to this moment in time. So I'm, I mean, I'm 23. I love trying to gain as much perspective as possible. So let's go way, way back. Will. let's, let's talk about you as a young man and wh- where did this, this earn for teaching where, where did this stem from?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, It's, it's a, it's kind of an odd thing because I I'm very fortunate to have found, I guess you could say my calling, Uh, At a pretty early age, I think I figured out probably when I was like 19 or 20. But uh, I don't have a great story for it, and I get asked this a lot from students and parents and other teachers and stuff like, "Oh, how did you find this?" Because when you're in high school, you're trying to figure out your career, and they see someone who's happy and feels very satisfied, and and I get a lot of meaning from my from my career. So they say, "Oh, like how did you get there?" And I don't have a great story. Um, (laughs) I uh, I struggled in In school uh, not so much academically um, but more like just I struggled with caring about academics like I think I could have done pretty well I just didn't care I didn't connect I didn't connect what we were learning to anything that would remotely help me in my life so what I did connect with that was social things so I you know, it struggled a little bit socially, as I'm sure we all do, but then I found a, a close group of friends and just focused on that. So I couldn't tell you. We were at a, a professional development, and uh, the principal of, of one of these schools was like, Write down your five uh, most inspirational teachers you had in high school. And not only couldn't I name five inspirational teachers, I couldn't name five teachers I had in high school. Oh, wow. I couldn't, I mean, couldn't think of five names. I was like, Wow, but I could tell you exactly well, I'm not gonna say her name, but like what a specific girl was wearing at a specific party on one night. Like I know exactly, like this girl looked good or that dude was awesome. And like, you know, we went out and partied or whatever it was. Like I remember like social stuff vividly, but there was such a disconnect there. But I liked figuring things out. I liked the idea of serving. I come from a family where um, my parents instilled in me pretty early on that we should be serving somehow. Uh, so whether it's something in the medical field or something like that. And so I went into, uh, criminal justice, my first day, uh, freshman year in college, uh, I sat in my criminal justice class and there was a former cop there teaching it. And he said, this is a position that is about power. You can destroy people's lives or make their lives great. And that lies with you. And it's just like this whole, like kind of bully power mentality. Yeah. And I got up and walked out of the class and never went back. And I was like, this is not for me. Uh, and then I was like, well, how else can I serve? I don't really know. And I kind of just took a shot and was like, maybe teaching. I don't know. I mean, school sucks. Maybe I can make it a little bit better. That's really all I got. And then, and then as I got into the education classes, I I dug it. And then once we got into student teaching, then I was really, really into it. And I don't know why, but this kind of actually connects now that I'm talking about it. I always loved teacher movies which is weird, <laughs> like, I, hmm. like when I was young, when I was in elementary school or something like that, maybe middle school, I remember seeing Dangerous Minds where Michelle Pfeiffer like puts on a leather jacket and she's like, I'll show these guys. And and I was like, for some reason, I loved that movie. Maybe it was the Coolio soundtrack, I don't know. Hmm. Something got me and that's really odd because I saw like teachers being cool on film. I was like, well, maybe I could be like the cool teacher, like whatever that whatever that is. So that that's interesting, um, but, I, that's really all, all I have for, for what got me into it. And then as I got into it deeper and deeper and deeper, I just fell in love with it more and more and more. And it is, if you're into it, it's a very, very um, rewarding career. I mean, just the, the meaning is just coming out all, in, in all ways. I, I had graduation today for the class of 2019 that i taught. It's just, it's incredible.
0: Yeah. I, and, and one of the things I want to say, like, you know, I was saying this all fair and I'll mention it now is like, you remind me a lot of one of my favorite, most favorite teachers, I was about to say professor, because I've been calling my teachers professors for years now, but it's it's just this idea of in, inspiring people that and reaching out to them, making them think in different ways. Now, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't a, a government class. I think you, you teach government, correct? I do.
1: I teach government economics, but also U.S. history. But I've taught everything pretty much in the social sciences, yeah.
0: Okay. And so this was uh, like a kind of a pseudo government class. It kind of was like you needed government to take this class because we talked about, you know, the policymaking, like the, the process of bills and legislation and. And also trying to research. So we he, we would literally it, – and it was uh, kind of – it was like South Park in a way in that it was so topical. And like whatever was happening, we used to watch PBS NewsHour every day in class. And these classes were like 50, 60 minutes long. So we had a lot to talk about. And we would have debates. We'd have presidential uh presidential elect debates like this was back in what 2012 so that we had one of those big ones we had this was the ukrainian uh crisis was a big thing we had debates about whether crimea should be annexed or not like we would talk about these things when i was you know with 16 17 and 18 year olds and i went to my united nations i was united states we that year we got shafted we didn't get delegate of the year but you know i i you know i got over it but you know i just think it's this is why I really enjoy your content is that it, it inspires, I'm sure your students are definitely inspired. I can't see how they wouldn't be. And you just remind me so much of one of the most influential people that I've had. And, and, you know, one of the things, it it kind of was one of those moments that sparked with my public speaking that he was, he would give extra credit just for doing things. Like he, he never said like, Oh, you'll do extra credit for reading a book. Like he said, if you did anything extra, and you earned it. Like you'll get, you'll just get the points. So my senior year, I made a public speaking presentation, and I gave it to as many classes as I could. I came back my sophomore, going into my sophomore year of college, well freshman year and sophomore year, and I gave it to these people. Uh, like these, just I I would give it the whole day during my spring break, and I, it's just something rewarding in that. And that's a big reason why I want to have you on the show. But one of the things I mentioned your podcast and. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast and why you created it and and what the whole goal of it is to be?
1: Um, yeah, well, first of all, I just also want to say, like, uh, you, if you haven't, have you reached out to this teacher that you had in high school?
0: Yeah, yeah. I've, well, not in the last two years or so, but when I was, you know, twenty twenty one, I definitely did. But I feel like he's retired, and I and I'm like, and I and I have since left that area so it's kind of difficult to to find him he gave me his number but then that was my old phone I'm like damn but
1: just because I mean one of the things I say and then I'll get to your your question but one of the things I say because I do have a lot of students who are very kind and very encouraging um, but I tell them like they're like you're you're the you're the greatest teacher or something you're you're my favorite teacher it's like look man like we're I'm in this for the long game like I want you it's nice to hear that when you're 16 but if you walk up to me when you're 30 and you say, hey, I live an awesome life. I have a life that is just full of meaning and, and I'm helping others and I feel satisfied and I have hobbies that I enjoy and blah, 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 all the good stuff that we're aiming for. And you had even just a little bit, just a sliver to do with that. That means far more than a 16 year old saying, you're like, you're the greatest teacher I've ever had, or, you know, you're wonderful or whatever it is. So, you know, the fact that you know, you're you know, in school, headed for a career where you're gonna make a, a big difference and you're you know, obviously a hard working guy and all this and you're doing really well, like, the, like hearing it then or hearing it in five years from now, like I think that is what teachers are, maybe maybe not all, but I know for me, myself, uh, that would be like the, the ideal um, to, get, to get back, to, to know that you're doing well. Cause this isn't a job where it's, it's like, it's not easily scalable. You know, it's not, you know, it's hard to say, like, what makes a good teacher? Is it, is it standardized test scores? Like, yeah. it's very hard to tell who's a good teacher. You got to look at, like, did you help, have, help someone build a, a good life for themselves? And mm-hmm. we don't know that until we're pretty, pretty far down the path. Um, but, uh, but as far as the, the podcast, so um, I, podcasting is where I really got the bulk of my, my knowledge from. You know, I went to college, graduated in 2005, uh, you know, read books here and there, the textbooks and stuff like that, so I could teach my classes. But it w- wasn't until I jumped into the podcast world, specifically Joe Rogan's podcast. And then from there, it just kind of grew, grew out of that. And I didn't expect it from Joe Rogan's podcast. I was just expecting to hear about fights and, you know, nonsense, comedy, whatever it is and then he started getting these professors on and talking about all kinds of stuff. And it was just blowing my mind and I was learning. And then that just sparked this idea of how much you can learn through some sort of, you know, a podcast, some sort of just auditory listening, because you can, you can do it anywhere. You know, I'll pop in my, my earbuds at the gym or, I mean, even just, just anything. I'll do it while I'm, um, you know, in the shower or folding laundry or something like that, but definitely on my commute, I have a long commute. So, uh, it, I just saw it as the next extension of of the Instagram that I started about a year ago, which essentially was just to expand my classroom. Uh, I've been teaching for, like I said, about 12 years, 12 or 13 years. And uh, students have said, you know, you, I wish you could teach more kids. I, I have, you know, friends in whatever in Wisconsin that I would wish you could be their teacher, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, uh, I don't know. I, I always have imposter syndrome. So I I never think that like, anyone would want to hear me, hear what I have to say or anything like that. But I could control this group of 25 or 30 kids in a classroom. Like I could get them to really listen to what I'm saying and maybe not control the right word, but, but at least like have their full attention and putting myself out there in a, in a more, um, you know, smaller tidbit, little bits, like how I do like these one minute videos. I just didn't think it would translate very well. So I wanted to get all my ducks in a row and I don't think they are in a row, but I'm at least more open about just learning. I just became a lot more curious. It's one of the things I like about uh, about Joe Rogan specifically is he's just very curious. He's kind of a meathead, and he just <laughs> like he just asks a lot of questions. He and he just wants to know. Like he just really is curious. And that when I realized that curiosity is really what intelligence is, it was such a weight off my shoulders because I would I would be working with very very intelligent people, very high. You know, went to Oxford and Harvard and stuff like that. I'm from a from Penn State, actually, uh, just for the bachelor's degree. And I just didn't feel like I I could measure up, but then I just became really curious and just asked a lot of questions. And if I screwed up, it's like, good, okay, well, I screwed up and it, it got rid of my ego a little bit and all that kind of stuff. So from social media, putting stuff out there and then sometimes people will knock it down. It's like, good, let's have a conversation. If I'm wrong, I wanna hear about that. If I'm right, good, then I can, you know, put a little bit more weight on that idea. And then the podcast was, just how do I get access to, you know, other people who are experts in some sort of field, and then we can just hammer it out. I, I really am bothered by the lack of critical thinking and civil discourse. Uh, I just posted something like right before I sat down for this on, on, I think like the Daily Show Instagram page or something, just challenged an idea Just the mob came after me just like you're this you're you know and I get called like a Nazi I get called like a libtard I get called everything it's like (laughs) I'm just I'm just trying to I'm just curious I'm just asking questions so the whole idea is is you know that cylinder radio is that from one side all you see is a rectangle and then from the other side all you see is a circle but the truth is that things are are very multidimensional and it just kind of fit with everything that I'm trying to do on my, on my social media, everything that I've kind of experienced in life from different, different experiences that I've had people I've met, people who come in as soon as I was certain that it was a a circle, then all of a sudden there's another angle. and I was like, Oh, I am wrong. There's a whole nother element to this.
0: And that's what I really enjoy about your show. I I talk about your show to so many people. Like I I try and spread that word and because it it definitely is thought provoking, and like you've had you've and it's it's all about that discussion. Does it? It's not about who's right and who's wrong. Uh, there's there's been some of the guests that you've had that I think yeah I I completely disagree with what you're saying, uh, but you know you're facilitating that discussion, and I and I really that's what I really appreciate about that show because like you're mentioning on I mean maybe social media isn't the best place to have those discussions because. So infrequently are people going to be civil about it. It's just like social media is this toxic echo chamber. I mean, like we were talking about Reddit beforehand. That is just – or at least the politics um, or our politics, that is just – just this 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 liberal ep- echo chamber of and and like and you read some of these comments and you're like oh my god these people do not understand it then you go to you know the conservative ones or you, and you go to even the moderate ones you're like damn like this is this is awful like where is this and then you like you i can i, I i've just met you for the first time you are not a nazi you're not a libtard you're not a snowflake you are someone that is actually trying to have these conversations but people just want to put labels on everyone else and i'm sure I, and I'm sure that you've been getting this from both sides of the on both sides of the spectrum on either the liberal or the conservative. Like everyone's everyone's a dick. It's how I kind of look at it in some capacity. But no, yeah, I've been really trying to spread the word of your podcast, and and I, I think I'm gonna try and put some segments throughout this this episode just to try and get people an idea of what your show is. And it might you know we're amateur all towards it's all about film, but you know, content creating. So I want to ask you, how do you think your show's been evolving? I know it's just, it's been January, it's been six months or so, but I feel like as, as I I feel like I've been noticing an evolution in your show, like the conversations have been becoming more, more streamlined, more focused, the, and I'm just very curious how you think your show is evolving as just, um, an introspective kind of perspective.
1: Um, you'd probably know better than me. <laughs> it's funny cause I have so much going on cause I'm teaching full time and I have two young kids and my wife is an entrepreneur and she runs two businesses. So we are, we're just really very, very busy. So a lot of times I'll try and find someone for the show and then I'll be like, ah, I got to record this thing in a half hour. So I just jot down a few notes about the, about it and then sit down and go. But I think that if it, if it is getting better, it's just being comfortable, being comfortable, um, with the the process of asking questions and, and getting into it i mean this is the first time actually like that i've i've been interviewed um i mean I, ever like on on like on like online or anything like that i mean outside of like a school newspaper so um so i this is this is like get being very meta of like i don't know if i'm if i'm doing well even in like this interview or how this is going to go for your show but you know it's it's the the whole idea of of going from from something that you're not necessarily comfortable with and doing it anyway and then learning from it listening back and getting better and better i do listen to every show and sometimes after i'm done recording i'm like oh, i tell my wife like, that was terrible and i go back and, ah, actually that one wasn't so bad and then sometimes i finish and i'm like that was great uh, but i think it's just just time you know i do jujitsu and and one of the things i just tell people when they were getting the jitsu i just say mat time You know, it's just, there's nothing, there's no, there's no replacement for it. You just got to put in those hours, you know, Malcolm Gladwell, you know, the 10,000 hours. Oh, of course. I think that's just, there's no way around that. Unfortunately, I wish there were those, those life hacks don't, don't seem to, to exist a lot of times.
0: And I want to, because I want to get into the the film and the teaching perspective in film as well, to kind of try and tie everything together. My I guess I got a few questions, but the, the one question that I want to know, especially for content creators and podcasters, is what would you say to anyone who wants to start a podcast, whether they be an 18-year-old kid just getting into podcasts or someone who's a little older that's been listening for a while and thinks, you know, this is something I want to do because I think this is something that a lot of people need to hear. Maybe someone listening right now, this is their final kick to be like, yeah, I'm going to go do this because to me, my advice is that it's, it's pretty easy. Uh, I think a lot of people, they start comparing themselves to other, like the podcasts that they listen to, like these mega successful things. And I, I think having that them as inspirations are great, but you know, you got to do your own thing and just, just kind of doing it, just jumping in like feet first, you know, leap of faith, just doing it. Cause it's a lot of fun, but what what would your uh, advice be for anyone listening that they want to start a podcast? Or let's say one of your students came up and said, I want to start a podcast. Like what, what would you say to them?
1: Absolutely. Um, have an aim. Like, what what are you aiming for? I think that there's so much. Uh, people want to be famous. People want to, you know, be known or put their name out there or whatever it is. Like, that's that's not an aim I would advise. You know, what is your what is your goal? Like, what are you trying to achieve? And mine was very clear of trying to model civil discourse. That's my aim. My second aim would be try to understand topics more deeply. So if I have that as my target, I might miss that target. Like that's like the the word sin apparently means to like miss your mark. Hmm. And so you're more likely to sin. This is kind of a Jordan Peterson idea, but you know, you're more likely to sin in life if you're not aiming for anything, you know, like go to go to the shooting range and just, you don't have a target. You're just shooting all over the place. Like someone's going to get hurt. So, so in your podcast, like what is your real goal here? You could have several. But you should always be aiming for that. So if I'm in a podcast with someone and it's not going well, then I just have to get back to what is my aim. Okay, trying to understand something deeper, or try and uh, and if someone says something that I really don't really don't like and I want to kind of just like shoot them down or, or own them or whatever it is, then I just go back to the other aim of like civil discourse, and I just keep those aims always in mind. I think that's that's one. And then the second thing would be uh, to do something different. You know, I I really uh, look up to a lot of the the college professors and thinkers in what they call the intellectual dark web. So it's Jordan Peterson, Eric Weinstein, Sam Harris, people like that. Um, but what I, I can't, I, or you know, Joe Rogan, Dave Rubin, like I can't, I'm not as experienced as them. I'm not as educated as them. So what do I have that's different? And that is my experience as a teacher. So where my podcast is gonna be different is it's through the lens of a high school teacher aimed for high school early college students and high school teachers, I have like a niche and Joe Rogan or, or Sam Harris can do everything better than me, except I don't think that they can teach high school better than me. Hmm. So what is it that, that where you Excel that'll make you different and put you in that top, you know, 99th percentile, and then also have a name. Those would be the two of that I would say.
0: I really like those because I feel like when I just started, I started this in like 20, 20- 15 in like an RV in Maryland. Cause like the RV was the only place that was quiet enough for me and my brother to record. And we didn't, I mean, we kind of had this generalized aim, but we didn't know what we wanted to be. We were basing a lot of our, how we approached film in, it was very, I don't want to say synthetic, it wasn't us, because we were basing it a lot on of all the shows we were watching, so we didn't really have our personality, we didn't really think about it, but I think that those, like having that aim and what sets you apart from all the other, just the plethora of, of podcast, like this this ether of what the podcast network is, uh, I, really, I really like those, and I think that, I, sh- I should create a list, because I've asked every guest what They what like this exact question? I should I like should start a list and like start posting it somewhere because I think that future podcasters or even current podcasters can learn a lot from these ideas that uh, from just other content creators. And so, with all this being said, I kind of want to get right into the idea of teaching in film because just to make it all about tie it back to this this film podcast. But it's something that I, I I've always had. Other film enthusiasts on the show, and so they kind of give that, but they don't really. The films we talk about don't pertain to their lives at all. And so when I when I was thinking about reaching out to you, I just wanted to get your opinion on teaching and film because you know some of the things that I've let me pull up my notes real quick. I have preconceived notions about you know teaching and film. I I try and think about it as you know I immediately think of stereotypes, and the two that I have there's you know the inspire the youth. The, the guys that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pull, I'm going to go into this hard knock school and I'm going to give some tough love, but I'm going to show compassion and I'm going to, you know, empower these students. And then I think of the, the lesser, like the other side of the spectrum is either like the douchebags or like, oh yeah, the douchebag teachers, the ones that everyone hates, you know, all the teachers at Richmond high, you know, animal house, the teacher that smokes pot and has sex with the students. Um, you know, I'm I'm am i I'm re- currently rewatching Breaking Bad, you know, this genius Einstein chemistry teacher that just snaps. And but then, you know, on the other side of that spectrum, you know, the inspire the youth. You know, you have Stand and Deliver, one of my favorite teaching films, you know, Hard Lessons with um with uh, Denzel Washington. And and so it's I, and I but I think that's the thing. That there's it's spectrums. It's either it's in their extreme spectrums. It's either this inspire the youth, they're the greatest teacher to ever walk the earth or there are these, or even like the breakfast club. I'm thinking of that. uh, I don't know if he's a vice principal, but he, you know, walked in, he's, he's doing this tough love, but he's obviously the antagonist of the, of the entire film. Like he's the man, but it's, you fall under this, you're an insp- you're inspiration to the humanity or you're the scum and you're like a draft dodger and you have no business being a teacher and we're just going to bust balls the whole time. So what's, what's your take on, on teaching and film? Do you, do you agree that it's either one side of the spectrum or the other or are there films that maybe I'm not aware of that there's an in-between?
1: Um, th- yeah, there could be. I mean, so the, the teaching film that I, uh, that I've mentioned that I, that I liked growing up was dangerous minds with, uh, with Michelle Pfeiffer. And the the character that I liked a lot in that wasn't her, it was her friend. He was like a kind of like a a fat English teacher or something. And he was kind of nuanced where he was like grading papers and he was like, oh, this kid's a dipshit or something like that. But then he was also like in it. Like he was just like, yep, it's the job, we love it. It's just the way it is. And he was like a character that, that seems to show both. It was like he cared, but he also was just like kind of an asshole to the kids. So, so, that showed a little bit of nuance, uh, but I think that in general, maybe this is just goes back to film. You know, we we need more nuanced characters, more like the cylinder, right? Like, you know, there, I think that's coming out more, um, maybe through you know shows like Breaking Bad or uh, you know like a movie that that people are talking about. You know, like a nuanced bad guy would be like you know Black Panther where Michael B. Jordan's character wasn't just as simple as he was evil, you know? So I, I think that the, there is definitely room for that. But when you go back 20 years or so, the teacher, you know, maybe, or even more with like Ridgemont high, it's like, we just have time to show one element of this teacher, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times.
0: Now, when you see like teaching being portrayed in film, is it, if it's done like really wrong or like really right, does that like bother you? Because something like, going into you know the medical profession whenever i watch now i'm not a doctor but when i watch shows like nurse jackie which i can't i can't stand nurse jackie i watching Grey's anatomy or like watching house like it's just really it's it's like entertaining but it's also kind of like perpetuating this idea that of of how medicine works and and, and it kind of infuriates me to a little bit because then you see patients it's kind of like how the cop drama Thinks like the civilian knows how like cop procedurals work, but and you kind—I've been kind of seeing that in in my clinicals now. In that people walk in and they think they know what people are talking about. They like self-diagnose, they self-medicate, and people have been doing that with or without these shows. But you know, I've I had had patients come up to me and say like, "Oh, I saw this on TV. Like, I know what I'm talking about," and I have to politely and compassionately say. It it's you know it's TV. It doesn't work like that. You know, like this is very serious. Don't just start taking stuff off the counter and and then self medicating because there's you know there's this uh this this uh, interaction with the medication you're taking. Oh, but it's okay. I haven't ha- it's like no 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 no. This it, it, just because you've seen it on TV doesn't mean it's true. So I'm just very curious if you have those reactions when you're you know watching you're watching a movie or watching a show and and you see this and you're like oh, wow, this is either totally wrong or, wow, this is really getting it right?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of t- uh, films about teaching, it takes place in, like, the hood, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, like, kids who... The, the narrative seems to be it's these kids who are just in a bad situation and no one's giving them a shot, and as soon as this teacher gives them a shot, then they just rise to the occasion and they turn their life around. And it's just, like, it's so... it's 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 so, like ridiculous and myopic to think that you can just like that everything that's going against them is just going to be turned around like these kids and i've taught in in very tough schools for several years of my career in la and uh these kids are just they're up against so much like it's 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 beyond anything that i could have really understood until i was deep in it and you know i'd have a kid who was just acting like a jerk and i was two years in i was like 24 years old I was like, I'm going to call your parents. And he's like, All right, good luck. And then I call, find out, never met his dad. Mom's in prison for murder. He lives in a two-bedroom with his grandparents, his, like, two aunts, and his, like, seven cousins. And it's like, I just want to give him a hug for coming to school now. Like, it's, it's so complicated. I, I was at a, going to a, a baseball game for some of my students one year. And I saw one of my, one of my um, students who wasn't playing baseball but was just there – there was a fight breaking out. These are kids who were involved in gang stuff. He took his skateboard and he swung it and hit some other kid in the head with a skateboard really hard. And, uh, and it just, I mean, just jarred me as a kid I've seen like sitting in his desk, you know, teaching him about the war of 1812 or some nonsense. And then, uh, and then the next day in school, I was like, hey, let me talk to you. I pulled him in a room, just the two of us. And I was just like, you know, this gang life, like, <laughs> so, so stupid." I was like, this gang life, you don't have to do this, man. Like, you know, we can get you out of this. So I felt like I was like, if Oprah could see me now. And he looked at me, he was just like, are you nuts? It's like, this is how I get laid. This is how I have friends. This is how I don't get my ass kicked. He's like, this, I'm living a great life. Like, you have no, like, you think I want out of this thing? This is the only way that I can like have fun in my life. And this is like, like, I love this. Wow. And it was just, I know I was like, oh man, like this isn't kids who are chomping at the bit to get out. They probably are like deep down, but not in anything that they're even remotely cognizant of. Um, yeah.
0: I, I just thought of this. Uh, do you think that film, like those stereotypical films, do you think that there is a place in like education for them? So like a film, like stand and deliver or like hard lessons, do you think that, I mean, in teaching in those in, in those environments and areas, because I live, I go to school in uh, in Trenton where the gang activity is really ramping up. I think actually last weekend, 17 people were shot and I actually went on to a, um, a clinical unit where a lot of them were actually like, you know, recovering and, you know, and you just keep hearing stories like that and it's just getting des- like desensitized. I mean, like there was, I think it was, Last fall or last summer, it was um, young art artist night, and and it was just this community event. People from all over the city came, like even from the surrounding areas, came to see this like community event. And then I think it like it went all night. And I think at like two a, a two a m there was a gang conflict, and the shooting came into this community event. And like you know, I think a thirteen year old was killed, and you know many people were injured. Do you think that you know showing these films to these people or these, these students, these, do you think there's any room for empowering them? This, like, because it is entertainment, but it, could it be utilized as a tool?
1: Um, it could. I mean, maybe just letting them like, showing them that there is like a path out. I don't know if that's something that they'll listen to. I, I do think that, that what these movies could do is inspire, you know, people to get into education I I it's funny like I never I mean I probably have but I hadn't really thought about it anytime recently until talking to you about how much like teacher movies probably inspired me to try it out as a career but you know you have to go into it more realistic you're not going to go in have this conversation with this gang and he's going to give you a hug and you know it'd be like Robin Williams and and uh, and Matt Damon like you know <laughs> oh thank you like embrace it does it just it, it's again it's the long game like you are in this for a long time and you might have a little bit, a little bit of something. I had some kids from really tough um, backgrounds reach out to me who are now in their, like, their mid twenties, just like, Hey, thank you. You really, you know, helped me in these, in these moments. And it's was like, wow, that's great. Cause I thought, I thought I wasn't doing anything at the time. So maybe it's getting, getting people into the career. As far as the kids themselves, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what, it, it's so hard because one movie or even like just one, like, Hip hop star or or a person or it's very hard you got it's like you don't have enough face time with them they you know they're around their friends all the time or their uncles or whoever is like involved in a lot of this this bad stuff all the time so even if I am a good a good you know role model or inspiration to these kids it's an hour a day, five days a week for you know a year and then and then i'm out and that's just not enough time one movie. I just don't think it's enough to turn them around in, in that kind of way because what they need is so significant and it's, it takes, it'll take some like real like, guts and real like determination and willpower to like stand up to their friends and say like, no, I'm not knocking over this liquor store now, blah, 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 blah. You need something deeper. It would need to go with, you know, uh, grandparents or uncles or friends who are also on them to try and change things. It could be like one of the many criteria. I don't think on its own it would do it. but I think it's just one of the many. And maybe a teacher could be one of the many or a mentor could be one of the many. And I just think you need a lot to turn around someone's life. There's, there's a reason why these kids are in the same spot that their parents were and then their kids, and then they get you know, pregnant early and then their kids are gonna be in the same situation. Like this is a cycle. which yeah. just going on and on and on. So to break that, I told, I told, told kids all the time, like you have to be a cycle breaker because if you're not gonna be that cycle breaker, it's gonna fall on your kids. And you wanna leave all this to your kids to do? Like someone has to break this cycle. And every group in America that that is at a higher achieving level, whatever that could be, that could be different um, factions of Asian community or Jewish community or whatever it is, like they weren't always there. Like someone broke that cycle. Someone busted their butt, made a lot of good decisions and got there. And then now it's a little bit calmer. Now it's a little bit more, you know, easy for them to to live a life.
0: Yeah. And because one of the things, like I asked that question because one of the things that I I'm a big proponent of is just you know videography and, and education. I I went to Arcadia University in right outside of Philly, the small liberal arts school. And one of the things, like my senior year, I really wanted to start a um a with the bio department. So like I got a bio degree. Is having dissection videos that would go hand in hand with one of the classes because when I would study, like my like we'd have to draw them into the dissections, and my my drawings suck. Like I am not. A, like a scientific illustrator, I'm not an artist to begin with, so I would always go to these videos and like on YouTube, and you know they would have a lot of good things, but the quality was ranging, and like they sometimes had too much information or the information I didn't need. So I thought, hey, what if I do this? So we got together and we start, we made a few videos, but a lot of, there's a lot of different things, like, that fell off, like, the project fell through, uh, for a lot of different reasons, but it kind of inspired me of just, you know, this technology is coming, like, everyone's got a smartphone, everyone has access to the internet, well, at least in, I would think most people, I think the the general, most people have that, even, you know, people, really impoverished people, a lot of people still have these smartphones, and so I was thinking, how is videography used in education, and, also used to inspire people and so that's kind of where I was getting at uh like asking you that question if like being someone that's been exposed to that because I went to school with a lot of I I, I actually dated uh an, uh an English major and, and so I was acquainted with all of her friends who wanted to be teachers and it was very interesting hearing their perspective going in because it seemed like they had seen all these you know ins- inspirational films You know, like Dead Poets Society and the ones that I I just listed. Uh, I always think of the joke in La La Land with Damien Giselle a few years ago where. Uh, Emma Stone's character is is trying out for whatever TV show, and and the character is of a teacher, and they're and they're doing the line reading, and she's talking to like what you mentioned, like this um like this like this gangbanger like teenager, and he's like Jamal, you can you can be whatever you want to be when you grow up. It's like no, you be tripping, Miss G. And then the line is no, Jamal, you be tripping. I that's like what I could think of when when you were mentioning that, and like I'm sure those those events happen in real life, but these people. And and like these people that I was, that I was you know being acquainted with, I think they were going into teaching because they wanted to be that inspirational teacher, and they want and they they wanted to go into these you know inner city Philadelphia, inner city Trenton, inner city Camden areas, and try and be that 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 teacher to these kids. But I don't think they were understanding the intricacies that you have just really started to touch upon in that
1: yeah look uh, inspiration like there's this goes on social media there's always inspiration things about like the grind and do the grind it's like well, yeah everyone is can be inspired for a minute but it is like the grind is what's hard and what i think that even just like there's this idea that if you just show compassion to a kid then they will turn around they don't know how like they like we know we might know how to do basic they might not know how to read they might have never been read to their whole life so like this to say like just work hard and you can do it like it's it's more complicated than that the grind is show up 2 or 3 hours early before school starts 2 or 3 hours after and expect them not to show up and then you go to their house you knock on the door you say come on you're com-. like that's the grind it's you have to walk them through the process day in and day out and you have to hold their hand because a lot of these kids like especially like gangbang kids like they might be 16 17 years old but developmentally and, co- and cognitively they're they're in third grade like they're, they're that's that's what i noticed with i'm from uh pennsylvania we didn't have like gangsters really and <laughs> what i noticed when we came out here when i came out here was like what's really scary about a lot of the, the, these like, you know, troubled youth is that they're, they're children. They're really children. Even if they're 17, 18 years old, they're developmentally they're in third grade and yet they have access to guns and they have access to all this stuff. And that, you have to approach them, not like they are an adult who's like ready to just make good decisions if someone gives them a chance, but they are children and you need to treat them in a way like you would treat a child, but also not be insulting to the point where they feel insulted and want, to, and want to walk out. And that's just a really hard process. You're dealing with like special needs children. It's not as easy to go up to a kid who has like severe autism or severe dyslexia or something like, you can do it, just read. It's like, no, 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 there's a real process to this. So I think that's just something you need to go into it with with that understanding. When you teach in those, if you have friends that end up teaching in those like really challenging areas in Trenton or Camden or, you know, out here in like South LA or something like that, you'll get stories that are far better than any movie. And, and by better, I, I could mean like far more tragic, like horribly tragic. So I just have a story, cause this is a film podcast. So uh, maybe it's just a story uh, for you. Is I had two brothers that came to my school. One was a year old and the other one. And the younger one, I think he was 16, he had been shot uh, in like a gang, uh, gang-related issue. He was shot, and he was shot in the head. And over the course of two years, he taught himself how to talk again and speak again and walk again and everything like that. His head was very deformed because it basically blew his head apart, and they meshed him back together. Crazy, just, I mean, months and months of agonizing physical therapy, the whole thing. And his brother was kind of just like oh, still involved in the gangs and just his, his older brother, but like, you know, walked his, his younger brother through the whole process of like getting in and like carrying his bags and everyone liked him. He struggled to talk and very low level. Cause cognitively, like he was you know trying to learn how to read again and stuff like that. 16 year old kid. And I was at a, a well-funded kind of like Bill and Melinda Gates type charter school. And uh, we give kids laptops and they bring them home. And uh, at one point this this the kids were on their front porch on their laptop and some people rolled up on them and said give us the laptops so they did and then they said all right give us your jackets and the older kid the older brother's name was ivan he took off his jacket and gave it to him then the younger brother the one who had all these issues and half his body was paralyzed and stuff like that he had a pullover jacket he was taking too long to take it off because half of his body didn't work so they shot him and killed him damn shot his older brother in the arm um and he died. So it, he for two years, just grueling physical therapy and just tutoring in the whole nine yards just to come back from being shot. And then he was shot and killed. And it was just, I mean, it was, didn't even make the newspaper. Like mm-hmm. I, I i knew their names and uh, for, for years later and looked them up. Not even, it's not even online. That's and it's just like, it's so tragic. It's so heartbreaking. Horrible. And this was just part of just like, life in that neighborhood and you know these are there are stories here that that make you want that inspire you that make you want to make sure that stuff never happens again which i think is a big part of film is to inspire you to be better you know and and there's so there's store there's stories like that 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 you'll get if you're there um but they're they're brutal
0: yeah damn i mean thank you for sharing that and I guess we can get into those those few films. Like you sent me a list, and we talked about them already. The one that st- stands out to me was uh, *Dead Poets Society*, because that to me is w- another one of those like quintessential inspirational films, and like kind of you know this this new uh, I don't want to say renegade teacher, but he's like kind of fighting the establishment. He's like shaking things up. It's this traditional narrative. Uh, I just want to hear what what are your thoughts about *Dead Poets Society* in general.
1: Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, but uh, I think one of the th- one of the things that I that I remember from it is the blending of teaching and humor, and how because Rob Williams and he's awesome, and like um and the importance of that, and you know he kind of almost like um resurrected that character in a similar way in Goodwill Hunting, which is like my favorite movie of all time, just as like a mentor who cracks jokes but is like gets down to the nitty gritty of like you know what you what you. How do you build a life for yourself? And uh, and in that movie, I thought one of the things that, that stands out to me as far as what I remember about it is having young men, like get in touch with their emotions and their vulnerabilities and teach them how to be strong men. And and I think that that's something that's really lacking, especially with a lot of young men who don't have good male role models and, and uh, father figures or whatever it might be, is how do you... Cause are you you are either very aggressive or you're just very non-aggressive and almost like effeminate and like and you have to do that balance of showing them how to get in touch with their emotions and how that isn't something that is you know not masculine and how that can be something that you can also be tough and how to take responsibility and all this stuff and I've, i've had a lot of um like lunch sessions at my school that i'm at now with just guys i say like this is like a guy's lunch and almost all the guys in the school show up, right? I might have like, you know, maybe not that many, but I have like 75 guys or something at lunch. And we just, they just, they're so, they're, they, they feel very vulnerable. They're like, what happens if you ask a girl out? Or how do you even ask a girl out? Or like, <laughs> what happens if you, you know, you, you're you crying in front of your friends? And like, they just, they want to know this stuff and they, and they have to feel comfortable to do that. So I remember um, that's one of the things in that movie that he got them to love poetry. And that's not something that I think a lot of guys would necessarily think is okay. You know, Jay-Z talked about how people always make fun of him for writing poetry and stuff like that, but you, there's no reason to. Like, we think Jay-Z is cool. So, you know, you just have to be able to frame the stuff in the right way. And I think that's a real job of like my, my, um, my profession is we're translators. You take an idea that is a good idea, but you have to translate it to a teenager or to a college kid or whatever it is, in a way that they can connect to and really buy into it's not just this on its own you have to translate it to something more personal so that they see the benefit in their own life
0: yeah no i, I really like that and yeah dead like i i can't believe like when we like for me i didn't even think of dead poet society when i was thinking of you know things the are teaching and film to think about and i feel like that's such a, a dead ringer because it's it's so I mean obviously Robin Williams any, anything Robin Williams was in it's 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 I feel like it's it's already a classic and he I mean he's a gem he's a treasure that is very still sorely missed but and I, I, that film I remember and there's so much there's so many layers to that and I, I try and look at film uh, from this like the narrative perspective but also I'm really wrapped up in like the technical filmmaking of it as well and just you know, with the actor performances, I mean, I think uh, Ethan Hawke, that's one of his, like, first, like, his earliest roles, and he really portrayed, in like, you know, talking about, you know, being a teenager, and just a young man who doesn't know anything, and, you know, all the, you know, it's a private school, like, their parents aren't around, they have to rely on each other, I, I really like, it's it's this really interesting coming-of-age story, kind of reminds me of, like, a separate piece, but, now but the, the professors are definitely much more involved. And it is a very touching story about, you know, growing up and, and, and maturing and, and and kind of getting in touch with your inner self and accepting yourself and and just embracing that side of yourself. So I, I really I'm still like shocked that I didn't even think about that one. And now I'm I'm thinking like I'm just kind of thinking of more school movies. This one isn't so much about teaching, but I'm I'm curious about have you ever heard or seen of the film uh, Elephant by Gus Van Sant? No. So it's it's uh, it's essentially Columbine but in a film and what's really interesting is is it's it's Gus Van Sant so acclaimed director and it's it's a very interesting film that it's told from many different perspectives of characters and it's it's a lot of one takes and long takes just walking through the school, but it, it focuses on victims and the shooters as well. And I think what's really interesting is there's like the lack of teacher interaction, which I think is is, is really one of the main, I mean, I think that movie is like kind of not all over the place, but there's a lot of different messages that he's trying to throw in the film. I don't know if it's like anti-bullying message, if it's like a lack of adult involvement, if it's something about gun control, if it's about video games, like, I don't know. I just feel like there's so many messages going into this one film, but I would just be very interested because there is a scene where they start, it's like a kind of like a support group and it's like the, it's a, a teacher leading this discussion about, like, bullying and how it makes people feel. So I'm just very – uh, I was just curious if you had seen that film um, because it, it is very powerful in itself. I think it was uh, – I don't want to say – one of those big film, like, festival winners. I don't know. I don't know if it was Cannes. maybe. I don't know. But I just remember it was – it kind of – I haven't seen it in a while, but I was just very curious to see if you had that um, because there's, there's – on the other side, there's, like, that spectrum of, you know – really inspirational or really bad teacher but there's also kind of the lack of adult intervention or teacher because this i think this whole film takes place in a school so i was just very curious to see if you had any you know perspective on that one
1: um no but i i do see like i mentioned goodwill hunting which i think is a gus van zandt movie um but uh but like the teachers uh I, i mentioned like i don't remember teachers that i had but i do remember friends that i had who were teachers so you know, it's not just classroom teachers that, that are gonna teach you about life. It could be it could be coaches, it could be other friends, it could be a coworker, it could be whatever it is. And there's a lot of movies that are like that that I think are perhaps more realistic about what is a teacher. And so, yeah, I'm a classroom teacher, but I, I hopefully have a relationship with a lot of my students where it could be, I could just be a coworker. You know, I, I kind of think about it more like that because not, it's not just about teaching them what, you know, you know who the 15th president was or something like that. That's not really the way I run my class. It's just trying to get you through life a little bit easier and trying to help you figure out stuff about life is really what it is. And then I just use history or government as my vehicle. And so if you have a coworker and you're just working at whatever, you know, you're busting tables at Chili's or something like that, you might have a coworker some guy who washes dishes or works in the kitchen who just like has been through some stuff and he has a little bit of wisdom and he just teaches you a few nuggets that you're just like, wow, this is I'm getting something useful from this, maybe far more than your history teacher. So that's, you know, I because my my teachers weren't from my schooling, um i kind of like oh yeah so it's not about teaching science or history or math or whatever it is it's it's about teaching you know how to help you a little bit through through life and how to get what you want out of it
0: hmm yeah no yeah, it's like i it's, again i i feel like i'm being imparted some really awesome wisdom and uh and i i'm like i'm i'm being i'm i'm kind of finding myself with a, a lack of uh like with thoughts because i'm just trying to take everything in because i i wasn't expecting well because i was like oh like teaching in film like how can i how can i try and make this interesting for the show but you know you're you're a very insightful man <laughs> will i i uh i feel like i'm learning a lot from this discussion and I, i'm kind of becoming you know a loss of words which i'm i'm very shocked at because i wasn't expecting that from this <laughs> this conversation but yeah uh i so i i guess i've kind of run out of thing to say about the movies because of everything that we've been talking about but so I guess we can do our, our closing thoughts about this episode and we can start wrapping up uh, yeah, I, guess- I
1: actually um, just real quick there's a movie that I wrote down that I did want to share it you oh, probably yeah. I don't know if you've seen it it's terrible it's called 187 have you seen that Samuel L. Jackson movie
0: is, is this the one about Uh, is uh, like a teacher or or someone writes like a threat in a in a in a textbook and then he like ignores it then someone gets killed like is that the general
1: something like that and then he like chops off a kid's finger and it's like
0: geez oh yeah i i haven't seen it i didn't even know that happened
1: Nah, it's yeah it's they, they, they 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 like play deer hunter with like russian roulette and stuff it's not a good movie but there's a scene in that movie that i i watched like as i was teaching at this really challenging school there's just like a scene probably like 15 minutes in where he tells a kid to like clean up a book or something like that. And like the interaction between him and, and the student and how the student just has all this power and like physical, like intimidation and stuff. I remember watching that one scene and be like that they've captured what it feels like to be in some of these situations for a lot of teachers. Hmm. So, I mean, terrible movie, but for maybe your friends who are, who are getting into um, teaching in a, in a challenging environment, I think it, I think it's probably like 10 15 minutes in it's when he first gets a job at this school and I don't know it's it's one of the guys I don't know he tells him like <laughs> clean up a book or something like that but I just I just remember that moment like oh that's the way it feels and it was overly dramatized and stuff but I just want to that's something that that stuck out as like a realistic part of uh, of teaching
0: I just thought of one last I guess it can kind of close the show uh I want to ask who is your favorite teacher in all of and and this is kind of like a load of question. There's so many teachers. Like I can say something like Dewey Finn from School of Rock, but he's like not even a teacher. I well I guess in a way like he's a rock teacher, but he's not like a teacher teacher. Uh, I mean I'm still gonna say my my favorite teacher is is the teacher from Stand and Deliver. I I I don't know. That's like one of my favorite teaching films. And I just, I just love the performance and everything. And just the, like the realistic inspiration. I also like that he's a minority teacher. It's not a white, a white man coming in and being like, no, you, you, you all can do this. Like you're, you be tripping Jamal. Like you got this. It's, it's, it's uh it's it's a it's a minority teaching minorities and being an inspiration to them and choosing like he, he's he's very overqualified to be teaching high school but he makes the decision to come back and it's i mean based on a true story to come back and inspire these kids for, you know, the betterment of man and these, and these, and these kids. So I I think that's why I really enjoyed it because it's not this whitewashed white male or white female comes in and says, we're like, I'm going to, I'm like, we're going to help you out like the white savior. So I think that's why I really enjoy this film. And I always come back to it with teaching.
1: Yeah. Oh man. I don't. I just actually just looked at, cause I, I keep like a list of like my favorite documentaries, comedies and, and movies on my phone. So I just wanted to see if like anything stands out as a, as like a, a teaching movie and it doesn't.
0: It can even be like an antagonist, like just like, it could just like an entertaining, whether it be inspirational and antagonist. Like my favorite antagonist teacher, I guess you could say is, you know, Walter White or Heisenberg, but, but it, there's such a, I mean, you could say literally anything, but I think so it just I just wanted to throw that question in, in, in just in a conclusion of this and try and bring it all home, or just anything that you can think, of, even like your favorite, you know, teaching documentary, just anything related to that.
1: Right. Well, um, so I'm going to be a broke record and, and say Goodwill Will <laughs> good, um, Robin Williams' character in that, uh, just because, just for, for a bunch of reasons. But and then, it, but he's not necessarily a teacher He's a therapist. But as, so a teacher would be in um, in Fast Times at Ridgemont High when Spicoli is like, he's home because he got in trouble or something like that. And Mr. Hand shows up and he, I forget exactly what the back and forth is, but it's essentially like, you know, I, you know, I got a lot from, from this, from this interaction with you as well. Like I'm here for you. I didn't give up on you type of thing. And, And it's maybe I'm not remembering it. Right. But I do remember that at some point, like they have a moment, even though they were always at each other in the classroom, where he actually goes to Spagoli's house and they like connect somehow because uh i i learn a lot from my students and that maybe that sounds really corny but it's it's very true it's very and i had a graduation today so i could i could tell them this like as much as as you might be getting from me like i'm i'm sharpening myself because of you especially the kids that are assholes like especially the kids that are that that challenge me because like challenges I'm someone who who embraces challenges so if you're a challenging kid I love that I love it's like all right all right you're you're driving me nuts there's something off here but I got to figure this out this is a rubik's cube I'm going to try and figure it out so um I don't remember that scene very well but I just remember that there is some sort of back and forth interaction like some human element when when Spicoli and Mr. Han get together at the
0: end mm, exactly and and again I and that's and I think that's what what you said, like, you know, even the asshole kids, like, they even sharpen you, they make you better. And that that can be applied for anywhere in life, but and I think it's 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 very lasting. But, you know, we'll I guess we'll start closing this up. I, I had a blast talking to you. I just thanks again for coming on and I know it's it's a little bit out of both of we're out of both of our wheelhouses just trying to, you know, have this conversation, but I had a lot of fun. If if anything comes out of this, I had a lot of fun talking with you today.
1: Awesome man. Well, yeah, so did I. This is this is very new for me and this is you know, I was a little um intimidated going into this. So I was like, I don't know if I, you know, I don't want to like I said, kind of have imposter syndrome. Like I don't know if I if I'm going to be answering your questions right or if I'm going to um be able to or whatever it is. So um so but yeah, I I enjoyed it a lot, man. I enjoyed it a lot.
0: Oh yeah, it was a great learning experience and especially, you know, we're literally across the country and this is, you know, one of the things I really enjoy about this podcasting journey for me is, and and, and more recently I've started, you know, getting the courage to ask people that I, I guess like two years ago I would have been too afraid to, or even when I first started. So, you know, we're, we're able to be talking from literally across the countries. I'm on the East coast, you're on the West coast. Like literally, I think this is, that alone I think is amazing. And, and just, I think what, is, is we're, we're starting to scratch the surface of what, you know, this podcast community can, it can literally expand time and and space. So, you know, thank you again for coming back on. And for the listeners, where can we uh, find you? What's your show? Where is it located? Any social media emails, things like that.
1: Yeah. So um, I just want to say also, Mike, like, you know, you even uh, reached out to me again, like, Hey, don't forget tomorrow. Like I tell my students all the time, squeaky wheel gets the grease. So, look, I be a bother. Like, really, this just goes out to whoever's listening, like be a bother bothering for what you want to have a conversation with someone you want to like, you've been so polite to me. You've been so encouraging to me. So be squeaky, man, like push yourself a little bit. You're gonna make me I feel great. Now I'm gonna go hang out with my kids and feel great. Like, push yourself a little bit. You want a job, you want to get in somewhere you want to do something you want to, you know, like, like, yeah, go, go for it, go for it, go for it, go for it. What what could happen? They, they say no, you're right back where you are. So you know, that's, I'm happy to do this, but like, you would have just messaged me once. I would have said no. And then cause 'cause I'm busy, but like you ask enough, like, sure. Yeah. Whatever, man. You seem to really want to cool. Like you want to talk to me. You want to give your time to talk to me. That's cool. That that's, I should be honored. And I am. So, um, that's just something that everyone should just, yeah. Be, be pushy a little bit, you know, and as long as it's in a polite way, you always call me Mr. Roosh and stuff. It's like, Yeah. Like be very polite, but be, be, be a little pushy. Um, so, uh, yeah, my, my Instagram is at Will Roosh, which is my name. W I L L R E U S C H. Uh, the, it's a, it's a, it's an ongoing process, but I want to grow that. I want to grow it to the point where I can start putting in links and stuff like that. I want to grow it to a point where I can maybe start getting a, a seat at certain tables and I want to have an impact on education. School sucks. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I want to try and make it suck a little bit less. And I think one of the cool things that we have nowadays, and I'm going to actually post a video about this soon, since thanks to uh, the Kardashians, is you can butt the line a little bit. I don't need to go back and get a, a PhD or an EDD and, and get a, some sort of degree from Stanford or something like that. I get enough following because people get value from what I'm doing. And that, that's, that's currency right there. So that's what I'm trying to do um i'm gonna keep getting better but i i want to try and get more eyes on what i'm doing it's not i don't want to be famous i want to try and do something uh something big in education i I believe in that and then my uh my podcast is cylinder radio and it's on itunes and and
0: stuff like that. Yeah, and I'll link all those as well. Uh, I don't know, is your your email do you, is that like public like for yeah, people yeah. email you? It's okay, still so, radio at Yeah, and I'll link all of those and like I said, like I I think you are going to be making that splash, especially I mean, just for the content that you make, the evolution of your show, it's still continuing and and you know, just the learning process, like you're getting over that learning curve with podcasts, especially a lot faster than I did. So, I have nothing but high praises and high hopes for your show. Uh, definitely going to keep spreading that word and, you know, the wise, the wise words of, of uh, Will Roosh from this episode. So once again, thank you again for, for coming back on. And for everyone listening, uh, that concludes this episode of Amateur All Tours. You can, you know, follow us at Twitter at All Tours Pod or email us with any questions, comments, or concerns at the Amateur All Tours Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, everyone, we'll see you next time.